The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet that is trying to do something it's never done before, which is to see if I can produce a show with multiple people on it. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, the QPR one to my Huddersfield one, our West African prince, it is Ishmael Johnson. <laughs> a draw. draw a draw. Okay. A late draw. They yeah. needed it. They were down, gave up a penalty in about okay. the, uh, like the 48th minute, and then okay. they drew level 83rd and stole points. So nice, nice. Four to six? Yeah. Four to six to start the year. There you go. We are also joined by the college football insider of record at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It is our buddy, Shahan J. Raja. Shahan, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, welcome to uh, Texas Football Today. Thank you. You've been on it. I, I have. Uh, this is a this is a program that you have frequented before, and we're we're happy to have you. Um, Max is out. That's why I am sitting at Mission Control uh, and trying not to screw this thing up. Uh, I am not on Facebook, so if you're yelling at me about something technically on Facebook, not going to see it. So we're just going <laughs> to roll with it. Um, today is Monday, August 12, 2019. 108 days till Thanksgiving, episode 796. 796, Ruben Sierra's OPS in his last year's Texas Rangers career. On today's show, fellas, we are going to discuss with these fine gentlemen the uh, Shahan's list of the 20 best, do you call it best or most intriguing? I think I called it best, but okay. it means similar things. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, most intriguing, best college football games in Texas in 2019. In the back half of the show, we are going to hear from Conroe coach Cedric Hardiman, who we caught up with at the THSDA coaching school and convention. You will not want to miss any of this heart-stopping episode 796 of the podcast. That's right. Uh, so let's get right into it, boys. Uh, Shahan, you published a piece on TexasFootball.com about uh, the it's the 20 best Texan college football games of 2019. I guess, first and foremost, can you take us through a little bit of your process of, of coming up with this uh, this list? Yeah, for sure. Well, and I definitely got some comments about this when I published it. So for, for me, what I'm looking for with this is I'm looking for games that matter, that are going to impact a team's season. So, for example, you know... Uh, somebody brought up to me Texas versus TCU. That could definitely be a good game, but it could also be a game that doesn't matter a lot to those two programs. You know, and, and I think that just heading into the year, I want to see teams that are at similar levels. I want to see games that can potentially define a team season. Those are really the ones that I put near the top of the list. Uh, also, just watchability. I think that that's mm. always something to take into account. You know, ones that if you go to the game, if you watch on TV, this is going to be something that you want to watch. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing. I wanted to try to find ones that were impactful, that we knew right now, we're excited about, we like a matchup about it. Uh, and, you know what, there are going to be games that didn't appear on this list, obviously, that are going to be great later in the year. And there are going to be games on this list that don't pan out. But right now at this moment, these are 20 that I felt like could potentially be special. And here's, here's an interesting point that I'll bring up. And, and you mentioned the watchability part of it. Is So one, one, here's a game, an example of a game that maybe only I'm interested in, sure. me or alumnus of, of those alumni of those schools. Uh, but I'm really interested in the opener between Houston Baptist and UTEP. Sure. Right? 
I feel like that is a game that, that's going to have some, some intrigue to it. From my perspective, I want to get my eyes on both those teams. But 20 best college football games in Texas? Probably not. Yeah, and, and I think, though, that, that, for example, you know, if you're going into a game like that, and, and I think that, hopefully, UTEP should be a lot better than Houston Baptist at this point. Um, you know, but, but I think that one, for example, that I put on the list, uh, UTSA versus Incarnate Word. You know, this is an FBS versus an FCS team. I put it at number nine on the list. And there's a lot of reasons for it, but one, obviously, that it's an opportunity for Incarnate Word to potentially implant its place as a program in the state it's an opportunity for san antonio to show itself off as a pro- as a city in the state uh, as a football city so um you know and is that something that a texas fan is going to want to watch and going to understand all the context of i don't know maybe not but for us i think that you know just being dave campbell just watching the state as a whole that was one for example that i felt like i had to put on the list uh most importantly i'll ask you uh you did not put any um texas state games on on do you want to address uh, Ishmael right now? Did I not? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I would look at the schedule right now, and I'm going to try to find a yeah, game what's, that, like, what's, the yeah. casual so fan I, I, I think would want to go to. I, I think that that's one of the tough things, right, is that to find a Texas State game, you know, I think that they're – as a program this year, going to be very interesting. But I think that finding one game of interest, for example, because the UT, UT they, they take a year off from UTSA, right. so like, and that no would have been one. right. That, that would have been, been one. I don't. I mean, like, there's not an obvious game. No, I mean, the, really the one isn't. that if you're a Texas State fan, maybe you're pretty interested in is okay. Let's see what's up. You know, Spab going back to A and M, but sure. like, mm-hmm. that's not one of the twenty best. No, you know, that's not, not one of the all. twenty that I would have to put on the list. So, uh, and I mean. You know, th- there's just a reality, obviously, with some of these that some of these teams got multiple on the list. Mm-hmm. Some of these teams won't get any on the list. Like, I don't think Rice is on the list either. Uh, I don't know whether UTEP's on the list either. I don't think UTEP's on the list. And, and because the reality, too, with all three of those teams is that it's really not going to be one game mm-hmm. that's going to help define things. It's really we need to see a little bit more sustained success. Yeah. I'm trying to start beef on the show. You guys are not feeding <laughs> into it. This well, is- when, I, when, I was, when I was reading through his piece, like, I didn't. You know, a lot of people will, you mentioned the Texas TCU matchup. Like, I kind of took it as a lot of entertainment value, too. Sure. And, like, granted, I don't think there's going to be a lot of entertainment value at Texas TCU this year. No. There, it no. might be a competitive game. Sure. But I don't think it's going to be necessarily a fun game to watch. Well, and it, it obviously must. that depends on TCU's uh, quarterback situation, their offense. But I'm looking at most of these games on the list, and I'm like, I basically want to watch all of these or find right. or definitely know the result of all of these games. Right. And I can't say the same about some of the stuff that people are mentioning. Oh, why not this game? Why not this game? Well, and, and for example, with Texas TCU, there is a very good chance that TCU is not at Texas level this year. They sure. can be if sure. the quarterback situation works out, but we don't know that right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, for example, you know, you mentioned watchability like Baylor, Texas Tech. Yeah. Will that game matter? I, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see at some point later, but... This game has been so consistently competitive the last couple of years, even when the teams haven't been great or even when one of the teams has been amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think that that's, again, definitely one that you throw in and you're like, whoa, we get to see Charlie Brewer versus Alan Bowman, you know, for example. And, right. and um, you know, so for me, I just really took that into account. If there were two games that were similar quality, if they were similar stature, I mean, if I want to watch one of them, that's really what it comes down to. Right. Okay, so let's kind of breeze through these real quick and, and talk a bit about, about them. Uh, number 20, November 16th, Houston at Memphis. I, I think that that is – I think that it's very clear. And, and to me, this is the kind of game that from the outset right now we're pretty sure is going to be a pretty good game and we're pretty sure is going to be interesting, but has that kind of growth potential where it could be super intriguing and super important too. Yeah, well, I think that really 
when it comes to the games on this list, this has the potential to be one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is one where we don't know. We just don't know what Houston's going to be this year. We don't necessarily know what's going to matter. But I think that Memphis, you know, with, with Mackenzie Milton out at UCF right now, Memphis could be the favorites in a lot of ways to win the American Athletic Conference. And so if you look at Houston and... You know, if you're Houston, you want to try and win this division. You want to try to get into the conference title game. You have to win this game. This yeah. is a must-win game. And last year, uh, I believe Houston played Memphis in the last week of the season and lost, and that knocked them out of a chance of going to the conference title game. So, mm-hmm. and I think that Memphis is going to be better this year, uh, and it's going to be tough. I mean, it's a hard game, and and it will be, I believe, in Houston. So. You know, the fact that you get all of these things together, you get potentially, you know, Derek King versus this Memphis team that could be the conference favorite. It, it was sort of a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and, and then you go down to number 19, and it's Mary Harden-Baylor and, uh, and Harden-Simmons. And, yeah. and this is, I think, unquestionably the biggest Division three game in the state this year. Oh, my gosh. It's not, not even far. close. And, and it has been the last couple of years, too. But this year, I think especially, because you have the defending national champions in Mary Harden-Baylor, but they lost a lot. They absolutely lost a lot on the offensive side of the ball. And Harden-Simmons brings back a lot on both sides of the ball. So Harden-Simmons hasn't won this game in a couple of years. And I'll tell you what, it's not because they don't try. It's not because they don't want this enough. And so you head into this year's game. I think that there's a great opportunity for Harden-Simmons to come in and, and, you know, shock Mary Harden-Baylor potentially. These are both top 10 teams in in the country uh, heading into the year. And I think that really, by the end of the year, they could be more in the top five sort of range, both of them. So if Harden-Simmons is able to come in and shock Mary Harden-Baylor, I think that that would be a huge win for the program. And I think that regardless, I think this is going to be a very fun game, a very exciting game, and one with a lot of stakes on the line. Uh, a couple of, I think, obvious ones, Texas A&M and Georgia yep. uh, mm-hmm. is, is a big game, uh, November 23rd. Houston at Oklahoma, the opener, I think, is, is pretty obvious. Another division, this is a, a, a Division two game, but Tarleton State and, and A&M Commerce, um, a game that I think if last year hadn't happened, maybe wouldn't be on the list. But because of the context of last year with Tarleton kind of stunning commerce last year, I think that this has to be on the list, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think ultimately, you know, Tarleton State last year proved that they could be that team, that they could be that team to really be dominant in the Lone Star Conference. And, uh, you know, commerce is the la- over the last couple of years has been, you know, that sort of top team in the in the conference they won the national championship a couple of years ago so i think that this has a chance to be a really good game uh 15th stephen of or stephen of austin and sam houston state at energy stadium that one's going to be fun the battle of piney Woods always fun smu north texas is a a, a tasty small school game or I'm, I'm not small school game but a group of five game uh that i'm very interested in especially again on the heels of what we saw last year yeah the, ba- the past couple of years really like yeah. you know, the, uh, two years ago smu blew North Texas out, and then their trajectories kind of went in the opposite direction. And then last year, obviously, North Texas returned the favor. So it's kind of like, okay, we, we, both teams, both programs are kind of have their footholds now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously, second season for SMU under Sonny Dykes, they're probably going to look a little more stable, hopefully. And now with uh, Shane Bichelle, hopefully, we're going to see some fireworks because that, that's a fun rivalry game mm-hmm. if they can really get it going. It's just we haven't seen both of those teams play at the same level at the same time before, really, because. Yeah, it always seems like somebody blows out somebody and then somebody goes on a different trajectory. And it's like, all right, well, I would love to see these two teams on the same level right. Right, uh, yeah. at the same time. And ultimately, for me, when it comes to, to SME versus UNT, what you look at from that last season mm-hmm. is that this game really helped define both their seasons. Yeah. You know, it helped set UNT on a course for winning nine games, beating Arkansas, all that stuff. And it helped kind of send SMU for a while into a tailspin mm-hmm. that they eventually came out of. But now, 
heading into this year, you know, you really want both of those teams to start off on the right foot. Like imagine, like like let's just say, imagine if SMU comes out and they beat UNT by two scores. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, is UNT not as good as we thought? Right. Was that? Did they actually lose a lot more on defense sure, than sure, we thought? Sure. And like, wow, well, it, it's it, it's gonna be interesting. And I when you go wait. back to last year, mm-hmm. like that's a perfect example of a game that I would have loved to see. Uh, seven weeks after right, it happened, right, yeah. right, because yeah. SMU got so much better in sure. North Texas. I mean, they got they got nicked up in mm-hmm. the, the wrong places and stuff like that. So you know, it's it's an interesting game, I think for sure. November twenty third, number thirteen, Baylor in Texas. Number twelve, Houston Wazoo. Uh, that's gonna be fun, really fun at Energy Stadium. Oh, yeah, another Houston game, Houston and SMU. Uh, again, another game with SMU where. Contrast that with what they did in the opener, right? Yeah. With North Texas, yeah. where they looked like a completely different team, uh, and here they are playing Houston. Uh, you know, in, in, in you know they knocked off Houston last year. Uh, kind of, I would say, I would say, really knocked the the shine off of Houston at that point with with that with that win. Um, that's going to be a huge game, October twenty sixth. Then we get into the top ten, Baylor and Tech. Uh, will be interesting, I think, in a lot of ways, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but this game is now... In Waco. It's in Waco, yeah. So they're, they've yeah. done away with the with the neutral site. Right. That'll, that'll be interesting. And then the game we were talking about, UTSA and Incarnate Word, that's a game I'm super, super intrigued by uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, and then you get into, look, again, a lot of obvious ones, right? Number eight, A&M and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Do we need to say anything about A&M and Alabama? No, right. No, a massive don't. game. Do we need to say anything about Texas and LSU? I don't think so. Here's a game that I'm interested in talking about, though. Yeah. Number six, North Texas and Southern Miss. This is a huge, huge, huge game. Yeah, and I think that the big thing is that we realized how big a game this was when we were going through the the predicting of schedules. And for UNT, I mean, they can easily win every other Conference USA game on their schedule. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that they're in a great spot to do that. But also, if Southern Miss takes a step that maybe we're expecting them to take... Mm -hmm then I think that they could win every other game on their schedule, too. So in a lot of ways, you know, UNT kind of had a little bit of trouble down the stretch with Southern Miss last year at Apogee Stadium. Now you have to go to Southern Miss. Jack Abraham's back for Southern Miss. You know, they've got a great defense historically. This could be a game that decides whether UNT goes to the conference title game. And they have to do it on the road. They have to do it against a very good team. They have to do it against a very efficient quarterback. Um, you know, and, and if they lose this game, I think they're going to be in a bad position to try yeah. and and make the uh, conference title game. Yeah, it's it's a huge game for them. A game that I think flies under people's radar. Number four or number five, rather, A&M and Clemson. Uh, again, I don't Obvious. think this is the defending national champs, uh, and A&M's playing them. Uh, TCU and Baylor, uh, another game I think needs no introduction. And I think this year could have some real implications as far as the trend lines for mm. both of these teams. Absolutely. Well, I think last year, even for example, I mean, Baylor had an opportunity to kind of bury TCU in a lot of ways last season, uh, in the second to last week of the season. And they couldn't do it. You know, TCU comes out of that game, ends up making a bowl game, ends up winning a bowl game. And if Baylor could have scored 17 points, none of that would have happened. So I think heading into this year, you know, I think TCU was okay with last year sort of being a down year that they still win a bowl game. Baylor, I think, you know, they make the bowl game. uh, They they end up sort of having an upward trajectory, an upward trend line. But now heading into this year, I think both these teams are going to be angling for eight or nine wins. And if you lose this game... It doesn't really matter what happens the rest of the season. It's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. Number three, A&M and LSU. Uh, I think, again, and, and, and for a, to go on the road against a team that's, let's be real, barring a collapse, is going to be ranked probably in the top ten at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and to go on a team that's going to want revenge, 
at Death Valley, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. But I think that when you talk about what could be, we were talking about before we came on the show that this it feels like a springboard year for Anum. Sure, they need to they need to finish strong to go into twenty twenty with a little bit of hype. Um, here's an opportunity that. You know, the schedule lightens up in 2020. They feel like the young pieces they have are going to be a year older. And if you can go on the road and get a huge win, like, over LSU, suddenly you're talking like you're talking about an a team that's probably going to start the year in the top 10, maybe close to the top 5, just because that hype train's going to get rolling. Yeah, and, and I think that ultimately, you know, you look at a schedule this year, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? I mean, they, they're playing four games that not only could they lose— it would be a shock if they didn't lose. Yes. I think the right. consensus on AM from not even from us, but from everywhere I'm hearing is AM could absolutely be better and they win seven, eight games. Yes. yes. Yeah. They, they could be a borderline top 10 team right. and still lose four games. So if you go into Death Valley, and, and we know just off of last year how much of an emotional you know moment it was to beat LSU in mm-hmm. seven overtimes, now you go to Death Valley, now you have a team that has you circled on the schedule because of what happened last year. If you're able to withstand what LSU has talent-wise and you're able to, to find a way to win this game, I think that that's just such a huge moment for you as a program. And, and like you said, I mean, then you head into 2020 where you bring back almost everybody that yes. matters and you're potentially a top 10, top 5 team. I mean, this was never a two-year rebuild, obviously, for no. Jimbo Fisher. You're not supposed to win the title in year two unless you're Bob Stoops. And so ultimately, I think you're building for that year three, and if you can end the 2019 season with this win in Death Valley and then later get LSU at home in 2020, I think that's a big thing. Number number two on your list is um, is North Texas and Houston. And pure watchability, man. Pure oh, watchability, yeah. guys. And, and this Come is on. this is one of those games that nationally is going to fly under the radar. Oh, yeah. yep. It's going to fly under the radar, and nobody's going to be talking about it because I'm sure September 28th. I haven't looked at what the schedule's like, but I'm sure that there's going to be there's going to be a couple other games that are like you know. I, I bet Clemson plays someone huge, right? right. Or I bet uh, you know there's a big game in the Big Ten. Well, that's that's when conference sort of starts, right? That's when conference starts. But this game, yeah, like I'm going to be locked in, and I feel like. People, I feel like people who have a really good understanding of, of, of college football and that it's not just about uh, the biggest schools in the, in the country, they're going to be locked into this game because it's Mason Fine and D.R. King. It's going to be awesome. Right. And, you know, last year, I think that if D.R. King doesn't get hurt, not only are Mason Fine and D.R. King the two best quarterbacks in the state, it's not close. Yeah. Right? I mean, Sam Ellinger is fantastic. He's in that tier. Mm-hmm. But I think that these two guys last year were just on another level. And so... You know, you go into this game, I mean, and, and Houston should be at a further point than UNT just as a program just because they, they're bigger, have more resources, whatever. But you get a senior Mason fine. You get an offense that comes all the way back. It's being played in Denton, Texas. So I'll tell you what, if you live in the Metroplex, there's no excuse for you to not oh be at this gosh. game. Oh. So I'm looking at the schedule right now. I don't see a game Yeah, that can – like Tech, Oklahoma, hey. that's hey that's it. Like, hey there's – what's up? What if we got game data done? <laughs> That'd be amazing. What if we got game data? I'm trying to. Uh, they're going to find a way to go. Oh, no. They're going to AM Arkansas. Oh. That's the I mean, one. that's fine. That, that's the see, one. See, here, here's the issue, that. though, is that Houston's probably going to lose Oklahoma in week one. Right. And so they're going to already. Oh, that's a good a little point. Bit of a dip. But, but if you Regardless, look at this game, if you look I just at this want game, to nerd out. <laughs> right. We, we have pretty consistent. Oh, no. They're, they're going to Utah, Washington State. Oh, yeah. Utah-Washington State. Because Wazoo's going to be undefeated. It's, it's a big year for Utah. Houston beats Wazoo. And then, <laughs> and then, now yeah, yeah. Now I'm into this. But, but so, ultimately, what it comes down to is that you have the 
to us, the two best quarterbacks in the state, the two most productive offenses, mm-hmm. uh, arguably in the states, um, playing in Denton, Texas, an interconference game, an opportunity for for North Texas to say, hey, we belong playing with the big boys. Mm-hmm. We have what it takes to, to win the conference. And and I think last year we saw that with the win over Arkansas, obviously. And Houston is in Arkansas, but also Houston's probably better than Arkansas was last year. Uh, I think that's and, very fair. And then for Houston, you know, the opportunity to go against Seth Luttrell, to go against Mason Fine, to go against a program that's a little bit further along in their overall development than mm-hmm. they are, I, I think it's going to be a huge game. It's going to be a huge showcase game for both these offenses and quarterbacks. I can't wait. And finally, number one is Red River. It's Texas and Oklahoma. And it kind of feels like fait accompli. Like, it, it feels like these are, I think, I'm comfortable. I mean, we think they're the two best teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. I think that they're kind of consensus, the two best teams in the conference. Yeah. So I, I feel like them meeting for what could be the first of two times is, is important. Yeah, and, and I think ultimately, if Texas wins this football game, then – everybody's happy, right? Like, everybody, no matter really what happens the rest of the year, because then you have the inside track to making the Big 12 title game. Then you have the inside track to winning the conference. Then you have, you know, a, a pretty yeah. favorable slate other than that. And and we can say that Iowa State maybe deserves to be in that number two role. I think that that's, you know, a fair conversation to mm-hmm. have. But but ultimately, if Texas can beat Oklahoma and get that win on their, on their resume, yes. I think they are in a great spot to make the Big 12 title game. Uh, depending on what happens the rest of the year, I mean... Texas is still very young. I, I don't think people will understand how young they are. But, but again, it's the same sort of deal as if Texas A&M beats LSU where, hey, you know, you're going to play them later in the year. And on top of that, this is such a big springboard heading into 2020 yeah. as well. We, I think so. Yeah, and we, we still don't know what this offense is going to – Oklahoma's offense is going to look like with Jim sure, Hurts. Sure. Like, Lincoln Riley deserves all the credit in the world, the, ben- the biggest benefits of the doubt. He probably has thousands of ideas and plans. Its <laughs> right. offense is probably going to be incredible still. But we just don't know what this offense is going to be because it's hard to imagine that it's anywhere near what he had with Kyler, what he had with Baker, just in terms of arm talent and and different play styles. I think that 2020 is probably going to be Texas' better team. Sure. But the one thing that you say is that Texas is going to be young at cornerback. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts isn't the guy who's going to kill them for that. Right. You know, and and so in some ways, and and on top of that, you lose – Four NFL offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You know, four guys. Yeah, go ahead. Go and, ahead. and so this offense is going to obviously be awesome because mm-hmm. it's Lincoln Riley. Right. The defense is going to, I think, be coming along because of Alex Grinch. But in a lot of ways, I think this could be the worst Oklahoma team of the Lincoln Riley era. I was going to say something something about similar to that. And so ultimately... And and to be clear, that's still a ten win team. Right. You know, that's yeah. that's they're the still the favorite to win the Big Twelve. <laughs> right. But this could be the worst team that we see in the Lincoln Riley area because then all of a sudden in 2020, 2021, you got all these five star receivers, you got sure. all these five star quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. It's gonna get harder. I think this is this is the one ch- this these next two years for Texas in particular. If they can win this game, yeah. they take a slight step forward ahead of Oklahoma. Sure. In terms of because wow. where they're going to where Texas is going to be next year, because next year we're probably anticipating Oklahoma being kind of where Texas is now, where it's like ah, twenty twenty one is Oklahoma. Like you know sure. they have a, they have a quarterback for an extra year. They'll have the receivers, the these highly talented receivers for an extra year, um, heading into their junior years, their later developmental years. But twenty twenty this this to, into next year is where Texas can probably take that one little short-term step ahead of Oklahoma to where they haven't been since the national title era. Well, like look. That, or, or mid-2000s Here's era. the thing. Dana Holgerson was hired at Houston basically to beat Memphis, mm-hmm. right? 
every year. You got to yeah. make sure you win, you know, to, to to win the conference every year, right? Mm-hmm. And and essentially, we could agree the conference probably AAC probably goes through Memphis, right? Yeah. Now. Um, Jimbo Fisher was hired basically to beat Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Herman was hired to beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. And, and and if you want to, if you are the kind of person who wants to give a pass fail for a coach on one game, yeah, like it's not fair. Again, I freely admit that it's not fair, right? But if you are the kind of guy who wants to give a pass fail for one game, then this is the game for Tom Herman. I mean, th- that's it's how college football works, right? Yeah. Uh, Gus Malzahn beat mm-hmm. beat Alabama every year. You're good at Auburn, right? Uh, Will Muschamp. If Will Muschamp pulls an incredible upset over Clemson, he's good at South Carolina. Like these one games, as crazy as it sounds, these one games are basically all that matter yes. to a lot of people. Well, and, and ultimately, Texas has not won. A conference championship this decade. No. Yeah. Oh, 09. Oh, 09 was the last time that Texas won a conference championship. And if you have an opportunity where, yes, you're young, but you're also very talented, mm-hmm. and where you're weak is right now, and, and even not weak, because, I mean, the corners are really good. They're just young. Right. Where you're weakest is where your opponent is also weakest, you know, in terms of attacking that. This is an opportunity. Texas has not won a conference title since they beat Ndamukong Su, who will turn <laughs> 33 in January. Okay? I was, uh, what was I? I was a sophomore in high school. There you go. So, <laughs> it's been a minute, and I think, you're, I think this, is, this is an excellent list. You can see the 20 best Texan college football games uh, of 2019 uh, by our friend Shahan J. Raja. That's him on the screen. Uh, okay, we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. If, for nothing else, Step and I are recording the Tep and Step season preview today. Uh, it is this afternoon we are recording it. If we get out of here in less than three hours, <laughs> that will be like a minor miracle. We're going to nerd out on high school football for insiders only. Uh, the first episode, we're going to split up two episodes, uh, but the first episode will go up on um, tomorrow morning. So you'll get that and a bunch of other great stuff at TexasFootball.com slash insider. nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling for the first year. Uh, twenty four ninety five plus shipping and handling for every year henceforth. So there you go. While we were at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention in Houston a couple of weeks ago, we caught up with a number of coaches. One of them, the head coach of the Conroe Tigers, Coach Cedric Hardiman. Uh, here is why he believes he is the best DJ in Texas high school football. You don't want to miss this. This is Cedric Hardiman of Conroe here on Texas Football Today. Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com here in the Bill with Chocolate Milk Coaches Lounge at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention with the head Tiger of the Conroe Tigers, Coach Cedric Hardiman. Coach, um, hello. How you doing? Hanging in. How are you doing? Good, good. Are we catching you a good time? Yeah, it's perfect time. You know, it's football season, so. Do you, when, is this the time? I, this is something we talk about in the office, mm-hmm. but whenever coaching school rolls around, it always feels like, all right, it's about to get that time. Is that the feeling around you as well? Like, yeah. this is like the start? Yeah, I mean, you know, coaching school comes, you start seeing guys that you haven't seen in a while. Um, normally, coaches are probably already started about a week. You know, you have some strength and condition that's been going on it. You know, you're trying to transition in, in, your, in your fourth phase, but. When you get around, you start kind of getting the juices going. You know, uh, you're starting to see a little bit more on TV. Uh, you can even see the excitement more in kids and things like that. So, no, nah, it's a great time. You know, uh, you know, I've been blessed to have some friends in other states and, and be able to compare the, the you know, the camaraderie and, and, and the coaching convention that they don't have compared to what we have. And so it's about that time, man. It's time to get going. The um – 
you guys go three and seven last year mm-hmm. in, in, in your first year. I'm, I'm I'm interested, kind of from your perspective. I think some people might look at that record and be like, "Oh, well, it was a bad year." Um, I'm interested from your perspective in a first year there with with Conroe. How would you assess what you guys were able to accomplish in 2018? Um, you know, it wasn't a, a, a year that was up to our standards. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if somebody would assess it, you know, in in, in that way, I would probably agree with yeah. them. Um, you know, we have high standards, and I think that you know it takes time. Um, you know, like in any business. You know, it's not going to be a quick turnaround. And if you do have a quick turnaround, um, a lot of times you won't have a solid foundation. And I think that what we had to do is, one, um, establish a culture mm-hmm. out there and a belief and uh, establish a foundation and get to work. Um, we're just in a district where you don't really have give-me's. Um, and, and, and so I call it the mini SCC, <laughs> um, where every week, you know, you have to come out. And, and, and it's going to show um, truly where you are. You know, each week, and, and I think that you know it was good for our staff. It was good for our kids, um, but you know, it, it, it's it, it wasn't to where we want to be, and we know we'll continue to strive and we'll get there. So, kind of play off that, you know, obviously now you're entering year two there in, in Conroe. Can you, you know, can you feel that things are changing there? Can you feel that that your culture is taking hold? Is is there a sense around the program that something is different, something is building here? Yeah, I mean, you know, the not just from our kids, but you know, in order, one of the things if you look at the, the real successful programs, and I'm talking about year in and year out, um, it's not just a belief of the kids; it's a belief of administration, it's a belief from the community, um, and and I think that we have that. You know, um, one of the unique things about being at Conroe is that the long history of the school and I think that um, you know it, it goes without saying a lot of us really don't understand but we have people that still live in that area that, that either played or remember you know how successful Conroe High School was you know I had a, a lady come by and pick up her season tickets that she's had um, for over 50 years wow. you know and and you don't get that in a lot of schools and you don't get that in a lot of areas so it's a tremendous place um, you know and, and, and I think that you're starting to see it, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a result-oriented business, and, and, and we have to have the results. And But more than anything, we have to focus on doing the uh, right things every day and building those habits to give us opportunity to have the results that we expect. You mentioned the, the district, the mini-SEC, which I think is is – is apt that this is you know <laughs> look it's it's a grind you know every single week you know from your perspective when, uh-huh. when you take a look at it on, on one hand um it's tough mm-hmm. and making the playoffs is a, a, a uphill climb right but at the same time it seems to me that like if you can get through that district yeah you feel like okay we can hang with anybody yeah i mean it, it's we you know we're blessed to have a district with tremendous programs and tremendous coaches and i think that um, you know, iron sharpens iron. So when you have that, you know, and, and, and just great guys as well. And then not just in football. I mean, they're admin um, uh, leaders over all the other sports as well. I mean, you look at baseball, how far, you know, those guys have gone track. I mean, the, the you know, we had the uh, district or the state champion come out of district and the runner-ups was out of the same district. I mean, you know, basketball, you know. And so, um, and all those kids play multiple sports. So we have great leaders and tremendous leaders. Um, you know, and I, I think that it, it, it bowls well. And I think that, you know, being in that district helps out, you know, helps out a lot. Um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, your goal is to make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, anybody can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that you have a, a sure lock. You know, I think that, you know, I was looking in the book uh, just, you know, a minute ago. And, and the order Dave Campbell's guys, Texas football. <laughs> the order that you guys have it. And, and, you know, that's justifiable. But you could have flipped those. 
yeah. names any other way around and, and, and had a legit reason why that you had them in that order. So. Well, that's, that's the thing is that, that I think that there's a real argument that that's a seven deep district. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Are, the, there are te- you know there are some districts that you go in and it's like there's one team and then everyone else. You right. know what I mean? This is not that district. No, that, it's that, not. That, and, and some of the teams that we have picked towards the bottom, admittedly, like, like the Conroe Tigers, mm-hmm. we would not be surprised if suddenly – they win two games that we don't expect them to, and suddenly they're right in the playoffs. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's, that's kind of the, the, the interesting thing about that. So you wouldn't change districts if you could? No, no, no. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you want to be the best, you're going to play the best. Yep. And, you know, our, I think that there are benefits in, 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 of being in the district that we're in. Um, we focus on. We play anybody that we line up against. Um, you know, we kind of a model that we use is that we're, we're built different. And I think that mentality of, of knowing that and having our kids believe that is the reason. So, you know, put us with anybody. You know, it is what it is. Let's go play and uh, let the cars lay with it may. So. Um, it's Cedric Hardman joining us here for the uh, the interview here at the Built with the Chocolate Milk Coaches Lounge. I've got to get that right. <laughs> uh, the THSA Coaching School and Convention. Um, well, I do want to ask you one particular player. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael Phoenix mm-hmm. is, is a guy, a receiver for you guys, who I know is, is starting to make a name for himself. Right. A lot of people, I think, at least in that district, are like, okay, we got to watch out for that guy. Mm-hmm. You're the guy who gets to see this, this, this young man every day in practice. What is it about him that makes him um, Michael Phoenix is what I consider a dog. You know, um, um, and, and what I mean That's by that. That's a positive thing. Yeah, I want to know, be clear when, about that. When, 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 when coaches, when if I say it, coaches understand the guys that you want to have on your team. Um, he's a kid that uh, when, I, when I got the job, I, I, I was kind of doing my research and you kind of look at film and the particular kids, and I seen a kid on the roster. So when I looked at his huddle, this kid had transferred from a previous school, and, um, you know, he had played receiver. All his film was on receiver. And uh, so I walked up and I said, you know, he was listed as a DB. And I said, is this the same you same guy? He said, yes, sir. And I said, well, why are you playing DB? He was like, well, that's where they put me when I got here. Mm-hmm. So I called uh, Bomar, uh, my, my OC up, and I said, man, I think we found our Z. And, uh, I mean, he went over there, and he, he, he took everything, runs every route on the route tree, um, but has a defense mentality. Probably could have started for safety for me if he mm-hmm. wasn't playing receiver. And I think the world of a kid, you know, um, he's a kid that has been um, was, was voted one of our captains in his offseason. Uh, it's on our leadership council and is really taken to that leadership. Um, you know, and now it's it's different. You know, I've been blessed to be around some pretty good receivers when I was the um, recruiting coordinator in, in, in D.C. at A. Leaf Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I'm kind of talking to him now this summer, is taking that next step. You know, I had a kid named Brendan Eagles that's at UT um, and saw kind of the maturation from him from his junior year to senior year from when nobody kind of knew about you now being the man and type of coverages you're going to get you know you're going to get the number one you know corner all the time uh guys going to game plan for you so now you have to kind of take it up a notch in order to um make sure that you have that same production or you know even better Cedric Hardman, one last thing to do. Uh-huh. You got to spin the Dick Sporting Goods wheel of questions. <laughs> uh, whatever lands on your answer, including one question that you suggested, yes. which is the best hip hop album. So yeah, why don't we see yeah, what, yeah, what you yeah, land yeah, on? Yeah, best hip hop album. Go and get, that's what you're aiming for. One of your uh, step will tell you about that one. All right, let's see what we get. Oh, this is good. All right, what is the craziest play call that you've ever made that actually worked? Wow, craziest play call. Because coaches, like I, I mentioned to another coach earlier, coaches get wild hair sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, let's dust this thing off. We'll see if, see if just, you know, we'll see mm-hmm. if this works. What's the craziest play call that, 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 you, that actually worked? You know, it's funny. Um, coaches probably can, can attest to this. You know, on Thursdays you kind of go through your situational, you know, you go through your script and, and, and uh, kick the field. And, and when I was at A. Leaf Taylor, um, you know, I was in charge of, of, of special teams at, at one time. And, 
um, you know, we have this, this uh, on punt we call silver. And it's when you're backed up, a situation you're backed up, and, you know, you're up and you'd rather take the safety uh, than, you know, actually punting it. And they've kind of changed the rule for this now, if you kind of know where I'm going mm. with it. Well, one of the things that we explained to our O-line is that you grab when we're going to take the safety. Brendan Eagles was one of the guys back. It was against Pearland, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, and what we told the guys was when we call Silver, Brendan Eagles gets the snap, and his job was to run around and back in the end zone, run clock out, and then step out, you yeah. know. Uh, we worked on it probably two years, never had to use it. And in this situation, to win the ball game, it kind of iced the game. We used it. And we told the guys, and they did it. They oh, tack- it's like tackle them. So you tackle them because the whole idea of it is if they throw a flag, time is, is of the essence. Yeah. So, okay, we'll take the penalty. We'll run it again. Yeah. And so since then, they've kind of changed the rule on it. But it was one of the things, it was a crazy play, and it was funny because on the side, you know, you, you worry about so many different things, and it actually worked. Uh, and and um, they weren't too happy about us running that play um, because of it, but it worked. We sealed it. Uh, Brendan Eagle stepped out, and, and we won the ball game. It so, counts. Yeah. And now, you know, it's weird. Just turned over. Now it asks, uh, what's the best hip hop album? Oh man, man! You know, step me and uh, we, we. Yeah, I know step will whip yeah. you. Step no, me and it's funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, me and step, we 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 have this connection when it comes to music. I'll send him stuff he sees, and he'll send me stuff that we see. So that's why when I put that on there, he kind of laughed because he knew. Right. You know, I'm a yeah. I'm a closet DJ by 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 uh, <laughs> by hobby. Um, I'm a huge Jay Z fan, man. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Jay Z fan. So you can pick one of them. Probably the Black Album. Yeah, it's out of Jay Z is, is right one way. of the best ones. Uh, J Cole just had one just drop compilation album. It's pretty good. Um, so you know, uh, if I would pick that right now, if I have my go-to, it would be that. So then, are you in charge of? And I, I know we're taking up too much of your time, so I'll get no, out here. Good. But um, so, are you the DJ at at at, uh, at practice? <sighs> yes. Yes, I am. Or, or at least you're you're an advisor. No, no, no. The the I, I take um, you know I, I take uh, uh, suggestions from the kids, but normally, um, uh, surprisingly, if you come to one of our practices and you know hear a song, I have kids say, "Coach, you know what's that?" You know, I, I'm 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 a, I'm a huge fan, and it's not just hip hop. You know, you'll have uh, that on, and you'll have Link Biscuit on, and and you know you may even go back to. You know, uh, throwing an Nirvana on, and and Man. you know, I may even throw like a some old Peter Gabriel or Pet Shop Boys just to <laughs> just to just to change it up with him a little bit, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and, and oh, we'll have an old school Friday and play it. But I think it's fun, you know. I got an opportunity to kind of go visit some uh, some 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 pro uh, camps right. uh, over the off season and and see how they use mu- music, and so you know, it's some fun for the kids. You know, and that's what it's about, you know, I, to make wanna, it fun for the kids. I want to come to I want to come to a practice and have like the Pet Shop Boys lead into like future. Hey, that's what I know, need in my uh, life. Uh, have a, have a Western <laughs> girls go into like a a a uh, <laughs> get money or something, huh? <laughs> Cedric Hardiman, uh, if you ever, if you ever want to get out of coaching, come be our DJ. Hey, that's perfect, right. man. Coach, appreciate, appreciate it. Man. it. Nice. There he is, Cedric Hardiman, the head coach of the Conroe Tigers, joining us at the THSCA Coaching School and Convention in Houston a couple weeks ago. Excellent DJ as well. That's, um, that's good stuff. Um, and now we go to Ishmael Johnson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Let's see how this goes. Oh, God. Uh, so we got some comment. Miziel says, I like this crew. We've never seen this, this three no! before on the, on the show. We so. did it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Get used to it because we'll probably just end up doing it again tomorrow. Hashtag free Shahan. 
<laughs> oh, we should probably say. Um, oh yeah, we got. To... Uh, listen to the Republic of Football. Yeah. If you don't, uh, if you don't subscribe, if you subscribe to this podcast, Texas Football Today, but you don't subscribe to Republic of Football, uh, go do that. Shahan, give us a, a, a pitch. Oh well. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right now, elevator. Well. Uh... If you like college football in the state of Texas, I think that we do it in a way that's unique than everybody else. And, uh, you know, we, we hit group of five just as hard as we hit power five, just as hard as we hit FCS, just as hard as whatever. Um, and, you know, we have some great interviews coming up. Last week we talked to UNT offense coordinator Bodie Reeder, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to, uh, in advance of the San Antonio game, the UTSA Incarnate Word, we talked to both coaches actually about that. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. We got Mason Fine. We got all sorts of people, SMU's coordinators. We got a lot going on. So uh, make sure and subscribe. Uh, Sean Christopher asks, can you do a 20 to 25 most intriguing Texas high school football games later on this week? Well, good news. If you go to TexasFootball.com right now, there is an article. We did 30. We did 10, 5 to 10 more yes. than you asked. Uh, but we will probably actually do a segment on the show probably tomorrow or sometime this week before Max gets back. Yeah. Because um, well, we never, we, off, so. <laughs> I think we, uh, I think we launched that article when Greg was on vacation or was yeah. out. So we'll probably talk about that this week. Um, yeah, so uh, check that out. It's TexasFootball.com. We're going to have more kind of preview stuff as we get closer to football season, which begins, what, 19 days from now? 16 oh, days from now? Yeah. It's <laughs> like it, this weekend was like a – it was really weird for me because I was like, oh, it's coming. It's, 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 it's about coming. to be like a train. And it's one of those things – I don't know if you guys feel this way, but right now it feels like it's just a lot of work. That's yeah. coming. It's like, oh my gosh, there's just, you just a lot of work. You just see it in the distance. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, I mean, we have obviously some countdown articles that are going to be coming out. So we have like ten through one, basically, that we're going to release an article. Every, well, two articles, I guess, every day. One right. high school, one college, and I have to write all the college ones, <laughs> and that's starting to become real. Yes. Well, it it just feels like a lot of work, but I promise you. What's going to happen? So I have to go to Mason for Texas football dates for Fox Sports Southwest. Uh, my bosses want me to say that. Um, <laughs> Fox Sports Southwest. I have to go on that Wednesday. And when I get in the car to go to Mason, that's when it's going to be like, oh, never mind. This is fun. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm having fun you're, now. When you're yeah. watching the games. Right. Yeah. Now, it, now it just feels like work right now. Yeah. I, and, and for me, I mean, I made a couple of trips last week. I went down to San Antonio to talk to UTSA Incarnate Word, Texas State. And I went to College Station this weekend. So that helped. Yeah. You know, they're in football jerseys. We're in a facility. We're at Kyle Field. That helps. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean for sure. Anything else? Uh, Anthony Hill says, where can we go to subscribe? TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That is where you go to subscribe. That's right. Uh, okay. That's Keep good. us employed. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Greg Tepper of Dave Oh, no! Oh, no! I screwed up the end! Chocolate Milk Coaches Lounge, THSEA Coaching School and Convention with the head Tiger of the Conroe Tigers, Coach Cedric Hardeman. Coach, hello. How you doing? Hey, man. Good, good. We catching you a good time? Yeah, it's perfect time. You know, it's football season, so. Do you, when is this the time? I, this is something we talk about in the office. But whenever coaching school rolls around, it always feels like, all right, it's about to get that time. Is that the feeling? Right